0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Andre. Good morning, everybody. Great to see you all again. Can you hear me? Can you hear me all clearly? Okay. Are you going to hear when I take a sip? Yeah. Look, look. Great. It's really great to see you guys. We started off this morning again with no power. and we've managed to get the generator on. I think the power will be coming back any moment now. You will also notice that there's no tea and coffee. Um, that was because of the power issue. And so only for today, there's no tea and coffee. Everybody say, oh, oh, okay. But you can always invite somebody to your home to have tea and coffee afterwards. Everyone say, yay. <laughs> All right. Great, okay. All right, so... So I said to Angelique the other day, I said, how do, how do I start the year? What message um, does God want us to hear on the first message of, the, of this year um, that we start off with for Josh Jen? And, uh, you know, everybody starts the year with New Year's resolutions and all of those kind of things. So people come with different ex- expectancies. But I do trust that you did come expecting this morning um, for what God wants to do in our hearts and our minds. And uh, what I felt God want to lay on our hearts this morning is that he wants us to live in Jesus' authority. He wants us to live in his authority. And uh, I'll be sharing from um, the Mark 1, from verses 16 onwards today, and I'll take, as we go along, I'll take passages of how Jesus in one day, everything that I'm going to be sharing, everything happened in one day. It started this, the one morning, and it finished off the next morning. It's a 24-hour period. And how Jesus' authority came through in one single day in different instances. And I really felt that God wants us to look at this and say, but What does it look like to me to live in the authority of Jesus and not having to rely on my own strength and abilities, but rely on the one that paid the ultimate price on the cross for you and me? And the disciples, when Jesus called the disciples, they had to learn exactly that very same thing. To go from the way that they used to do things to what it looks like when Jesus do it, and how does it look like to live in his authority. So I really trust that when you leave here today, you will look at things differently. Maybe you hear this morning and you experience, you know what it feels like to live in the power and the authority of Jesus daily in your life. Maybe you hear this morning, and sometimes you experience the power and authority of Jesus in your life, depending on how much you push into him. And sometimes you don't, because maybe there's just things get too busy and and, and there's not time for you to start your day with Jesus in the morning. And maybe you're here this morning, and you're saying, "Darling, but what are you talking about? I've always done things which I felt was right out of my own power. I don't know what it means, I don't know what it looks like to live in the authority and the power of Jesus. And I trust this morning that you will leave here with a changed mind, with a changed heart of saying "But I want to every single day, I don't want to let one day go by without living in the presence, in the power and in the authority of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. So you're all awake. Are you ready? Have you got your seatbelts on? Okay. All right. So as I said, I'm going to start. I'm going to look at one day where Jesus' authority came through, and the disciples, as I said, it must have been weird for them to see this authority of Jesus coming through, but it didn't come through from from this great king. It came through from a place of being servant-hearted. And so, yes, this great authority of Jesus, but it came through from a place of being a servant. Can you understand what that might have have looked like for them? Totally opposite to what they expected. And so, I said to the one who voluntarily serves, God gives the power also to rule. And what does that look like? And so if we go look at Mark 1, verses 16 to 20... And uh, it says here, As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Next one. When he had gone a little farther, He saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. In other versions, it says mending their nets. In other words, getting it ready. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. And the remarkable thing about this was that Jesus, when he said, follow me, He didn't say, follow me, and you will make yourself become fishers of men. He said, follow me, and I, Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men. And what does that mean? Jesus took that responsibility upon him to say that, listen, if you follow me, you don't have the responsibility to make yourself a fisher of men. But if you follow me, what does that look like? And if you do that, I will make you fishers of men. He takes the responsibility for this. And so these this disciples were fishermen, Galatian fishermen, unschooled, un, unlearned, maybe a bit rough around the edges, we've heard the story before, and um, accustomed to their Jewish customs, the way that they used to do things, pretty much out of their own power. And they would now have to learn a new way of life, a new way of doing things. They would have to learn from stop, to stop relying on themselves and learn how to walk in the power of the Spirit of God. And can you imagine what that might look like? Some of you have already gone through it, relying on how does it look like from going from relying on myself To relying on the power and the spirit of God. And. The amazing thing about this is that. Jesus takes the responsibility for this. And that's encouraging to me. Because whenever he calls you or me to any task. He says that he takes the responsibility. To work his will, his power through us. If. If. And what is that if? Anybody wants to take a chance on the if? Correct. Can you say that louder? If we follow him. him. Well done. If we follow him. But what's amazing as I read that, um, and I read the, uh, the, the RSV, the Revised Standard Version as well, Jesus, not only does he take the responsibility to fit us for the task that he's given us and with the power and the authority that comes through him, but he also, when I look at that, he kept their personalities. Because it says that, when, in the first day it says that Simon and Andrew were casting their nets into the sea so in other words, to cast a net, you had to throw it in a circular, uh, had to throw the circular net onto both sides of the boat to catch the fish. And what does that speak about? It speaks about evangelism. If you go look at their lives later, what did they do? They evangelized. Andrew preached the, uh, preached the gospel and people got saved. Simon Peter, on the day of Pentecost, he preached to thousands of people, and thousands of people got saved. And then when I said, when you look at, at um, it says here James and, and John, it says that they were mending the nets. Now mending, that word mending, in the Hebrew, it, in Ephesians 4 verses 12, it's the same word that Paul says of pastors and teachers that they are to equip or to mend the saints to do the work of the ministry. And so just as they were mending their nets, equipping, if you go look later in their lives, as they went along, they were equipping the saints for the ministry. And so the great thing about this is not only does Jesus say he'll take the responsibility for, 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 for that, but He will do it and He will use your unique personality, your way of who you are, who He has made you to be. Maybe you've grown up in a different background and things were hectic. But Jesus says He can use everything to do the good of those who love Him. And He will use your uniqueness to work through that. And so, how can Jesus work through us without destroying our personality and so a lot of young christians or people that that that's when you invite them and say no but i first gotta i first gotta change things before i come to jesus before i accept him there's too many things that i need to change and to to do and i've got to change my personality you don't have to change your personality your uniqueness of who god made you to be and the example that I want to use here this morning. I brought a, a lid here and I'm going to put it right here. And I couldn't bring all the things that you need to make a breakfast. Um, and so I'm going to put this here and I've got the kettle And so, imagine on your right here, is a kettle, a toaster, um, a a thing to mix the eggs with, um, whatever the things you need to make breakfast, and, and whatever things you need that needs electricity. And the amazing thing that both of these things, to make what you need for the breakfast, for the buffet, needs to be plugged into the sauce. And they both plug into one source, the same source, the same power. But both both of them do different, unique things. A toaster can't boil the water. And the kettle, you can, don't try it, no. Don't try it at all. A kettle can't toast the bread, Right? And so, but they both plugged into the same power source. And so I want to say to you here this morning that we, in our uniqueness, are plugged into the same power source. That is Jesus. And He uses us, our different abilities, our different skills, whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, He will use you in a way that he can only use you because you are unique. And he shows that to us in Scripture. And so there's a lot of people that come and they feel, like, oh, I'm not adequate to do this, I can't do this. And unfortunately, there's many churches out there that want to make everybody look the same and do the same thing. The men's got to look like this, and they've got to do things in this way. The wives got to look like this, they've got to do things in this way. The children's got to look like this, they've got to do things in this way. Have you looked at all the leaders of Josh Jen? Those that have been walking with Josh Jen for for a while. Do they all look the same and do the same? Can you imagine if today we had to preach, everybody all over the congregations had to preach the same message. Not allowing God to bring a message, what he wants for Brackenfell this morning and for Durbanville. Not allowing God, the Holy Spirit, to work through these leaders to bring the message he feels is relevant for us right now in our congregation. And what's amazing in that, whatever the messages are, you'll see the thread is there. It's a, the message is different, but it's the same, because the thread is there, because God is doing something amazing. And so I want to say here to you this morning, if you feel, uh, you know what, I'm... I just want to come to church on a Sunday, but that's all I want to do because uh, I'm an introvert. You, you know, I, can't, I don't really speak to people a lot, and um, I like to be uh, one side, and I, you know, all of those things. Or I'm an extrovert. I've seen in the past God use introverts more effectively with one-on-one on people. than he uses extroverts that preaches to hundreds of people at a time. In the past 15 years that I've been saved and so I want to say to you this morning your uniqueness is special to you and if you are in Jesus if you follow him he will use your personality your uniqueness to let his power flow through you and you don't always have to say something people can look at you and they'll say well they can see This person has got a relationship with the Father. Has that ever happened to you? You walk into his room and you see somebody and you you just see there's something different about this person. And you want what that person have. It's happened to me before. And so I want to encourage you with that this morning. As we go on to verse 21... It says, they went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed. Say amazed. They were amazed at this teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Say authority. So It's amazing. The people were amazed because he taught with one, with, as one with authority. not to what the people were accustomed to, to what the religious leaders did on a a Sabbath. And there was power when he spoke, there was authority. And when he spoke, what probably happened there is he he brought messages that were totally different in the way that they were used to. He spoke in a way that, that were related to the heart. He spoke to the people's heart. I'll never forget, I was nagged to come to church before I got saved. And I just gave in because this person didn't stop. And I went, I stayed in Paul and I drove all the way through to Brackenfell. And as I sat there with, I don't know, 15, 16, 17 people the church just planted. And I sat there and I heard this message. I knew about Jesus, but for the first time in my life, I experienced Him. Because what was being preached—the power of the Word—was totally contradictory to the way that the world do things, and it spoke right into my heart. And it was things; it was the, the Word was brought in a way that I've never heard before. That's probably what happened there. And there was authority in the Word. Somebody can just read the Bible. Can read verses, you listen to it, there'll be authority in that word. If you listen to it and you, you say, Jesus, how does this apply to me? And so they heard that message. And, but then the thing is, as they hear that message, is what do we do with it? Do we say, do we measure it up? I know there's a lot of people these days, they. They say, no, they don't go to church because they watch church on TV, and, uh, but they love Jesus. And uh, they just, whatever they can, YouTube, wherever they can hear messages, they just listen to the messages. But they never weigh that up to what Jesus says. So when Jesus spoke there, he spoke right into the hearts. And I want to encourage you this morning is when you listen to a message, go and weigh it up with the word of God, with what Jesus says. For every issue, every problem that you can have in your life, Jesus has an answer for that. He has a resolution for that. I've sat with many people um, in marriages, single people, people that have problems with relationships, um, abuse, whatever the the case may be, unforgiveness. But what I always picked up with a lot of these cases, is that the focus was so much on other people that their eyes were totally off Jesus. And when I said to them, what does Jesus say about your circumstances? Like, but what do you mean? Is it, where does Jesus fit into this thing of yours? What does Jesus say about unforgiveness? What does Jesus say about husbands loving your wives? like Jesus loves the church and wives loving and submitting your husbands like the church submits to Jesus. Unforgiveness, bitterness, anger, hate. Maybe right now Jesus is speaking to you and he's prompting you, go and look at my word. Because just like they were amazed at his authority and the power, and astonished, when you go read what he says about it, you'll be amazed because it goes totally different to what the world says. And I still every time I read the Bible, and it, I can read the same scripture that I read last year this time, and God will say something new to me. That's the beauty. Of the power of God's word. And will speak life into your circumstances. With power and authority. Verses 23 to 28. Just then a man in the synagogue. Who was possessed by an evil spirit. Cried out. What do you want with us? Jesus of Nazareth. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. The holy one of God. Be quiet. Said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The evil spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed, say amazed, that they asked each other, what is this? A new teaching and with authority. Say authority. Can you see the thread? Amazed. Authority. He even gives orders to evil spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. And so it says that they were astonished, they were amazed. It says, with authority, he commands even the unclean spirits and they obey. It speaks about the command, the power of Jesus. There's no doubt that this unclean spirit in this man was reacting to the teaching of Jesus. The spirit could not stand it. The insight that the the Lord gave in that message was so piercing, so revealing of the error and the wrong thinking of men. That the demon was tortured with truth. And he broke out into this angry interruption. He said, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? I know you are the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him commanded him to be silent. It's the name of Jesus that sets people free. If you're here this morning and you've lived a life and things have happened to you in the past and you've experienced Jesus, you've met him, you will know that it's only the name of Jesus that sets people free. Free. The word of Jesus is victorious every time, right from the start. This demon was overwhelmed by the power of, God, of Jesus. And it's the, the only name that demons and evil spirits fear is the name of Jesus. I've been on missionary trips. Madagascar, and you go into these villages, and these people have nothing but they live in these circumstances with these certain rituals. And when you bring this Jesus to them that they've never met, that they've never knew, never experienced. The spirits that these people were filled with. It's only the name of Jesus that can speak these spirits and these demons out of them. I've seen the the, the, the things that we've seen from a nine-year-old, you know, throwing five, six men around. Only the name of Jesus. And you don't have to be afraid. I've prayed for people and when I saw it, I was like, hey, Jesus, how is this going to work? Because, and he says, no, 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 it's not in your power and your authority. It's in my power. It's in my authority. And they have to submit. And they will. Because there's power in the name of Jesus. I've prayed for many people. And see how they are being set free from the very things that are holding them back. And it says here, this thing was fighting, didn't want to come out, He was shrieking, but he had no choice, he had to submit. And so you must know here this morning that it's the authority, it's the power of Jesus that sets people free. Amen? The next one, verses 29 to 31, I'm just quickly going to touch on that. It says, as soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with fever and they told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand and helped her up. The fever left her and she began to wait on them. Quickly on this, this Jesus with power and authority. They told Jesus about her. He took the initiative to go to her since so he went to her and he showed compassion in that time. She just had a fever. It's something that probably would have gone away. But Jesus had compassion. And I want to say to you this morning is that we have to have compassion. We must never think too much of ourselves because we know this Jesus. We have a relationship with Jesus that has power and authority. Never be afraid to go and pray for people. Never mind how small. It's a small thing. This fever could have gone away over a couple of days. But in Jesus' power and authority, he went and he prayed. He showed compassion. And I want to encourage you is don't let the opportunities to pray for somebody go by. Because maybe, just maybe, Jesus will heal them. If you didn't go and pray, the opportunity wouldn't have been there to show compassion for that person. Who's ever prayed for somebody for something small, for a headache, for a pain or something, and the, and the power the, 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 disappeared, it was gone? I want to see some hands. I know there's a lot, a lot of us. And I know they think it might be something small, but it's actually huge. You're showing compassion in a, in a time where Jesus' power and authority work in and through you. I've got many, many testimonies of big things that we prayed for where Jesus healed people right in front of our eyes, things that you, that you won't understand if you don't see it. But Jesus will do it on his terms, on his timing, for his glory, not for ours. And so I wanna encourage you, have compassion, pray for people, don't let opportunities go by. Oh, I've got a seer ear. I'm going to go switch over to Afrikaans. Let me pray for you. Simple prayer. Lord, I ask in Jesus' name that you will come and heal this ear In the power of your name. You don't have to rely on anything in yourself. That's it. Jesus, I rely on you. By your power, come and heal this person's ear. And i faith and trust for that. Amen. So, Mr. i don't want to miss something, yeah? All right, so. It says at the end of that verse, it says, and at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all surrounding a region of Galilee. And, and when he says at once, let me just remove the obstacles here. When he says at once, it doesn't mean it took a couple of days or weeks. Literally, the word went out because of what was happening with Jesus' authority. When he prayed, people were healed and all these things. And that evening, everybody brought the sick, the demon-possessed, and every, all of those to be, to be healed. And we're, we're going to touch just quickly on that a, li- a little bit later again. And uh, if we go to Mark one thirty-two to 34, have you got that? It says, That evening, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door. And Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons. But listen to this, he says, but he would not let them, he would not let the demons speak because they know who he was. So the whole city was gathered, as I said you they, they they came. And what's amazing here, Jesus controls the situation, he won't allow these spirits to speak. And he puts them into a verbal quarantine. He's not allowing them to speak. Because they knew him, he says. And what's amazing that when you go look at Jesus' ministry, there's a lot of time where he de-emphasized the, the, the miracles, the, the big things. He, he said to those that he healed, he said to them, you are healed. And then he said to them, go and tell no one. And then what did they do? They went and told everybody. But many times Jesus said, Go and tell nobody. Just accept that you've been healed. If you sinned, accept that you're healed and don't do it again. If you're physically healed, but he says, He he played it down. And even here, He didn't allow the demons to speak. And he he was like, He was like, He was like, He played it down. And that's amazing if you look at the world today, how many healing crusades and healing ministries and come to this healing crusade and we will pray for you and, and, and God will heal you. That's totally against what the word of God teaches. But Jesus does heal. We've seen it, many, many people get healed, physically healed. But that's not what he wants to emphasize. Because physical healing is temporary. The healing of our spirit is eternal, right? And so Jesus didn't want to put too much emphasis on the physical healing. But what he wants to put emphasis on is on the spiritual healing of our spirit, man, because it's eternal. He wants to heal you from being an angry person being an abusive person, being somebody that can't forgive, unforgiveness, resentment, whatever the thing is that, that people struggle with, he wants to come and change you from the inside. The physical healings will be there now and then, but it's only temporary because the healing of our spirit is much more important to Jesus because it is Eternal. Say eternal. Okay, so you're all still with me? All right. And then in Mark one thirty-five to 39, it says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so that I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and driving out demons. And so, in this verse here, Jesus revealed the substance of his prayer. He's had this previous day, which was quite hectic. All these things happened, cast out all these demons, healed all these people. And now he's, the next morning early, it says before sunrise, he went to a, a solitude place to go and spend time with the Father, to go and pray. But even then, the disciples come, and they bother him. And they say, Jesus, come, the people are looking for you. Why? They were looking for him on the wrong basis because of all the healings that happened. So they were bringing more people and more people for the healings, the the, the physical healings. And Jesus revealed his heart of the prayer when he spent time with the Lord. And he said, come, let us go into the next town. He spent time with the Lord and he prayed, God, Show me what you want to do. I need your authority. I need your power. You are my source. Show me what it is that you want me to do. Open the doors in the next time where I can go and preach the gospel. Let the hearts be prepared so that I can go preach the gospel. The gospel that has eternal value, that change people's hearts, and not the physical temporary healings that all the crowds are gathering for. And so Jesus is telling us, he's actually showing us, he says, as I'm, I am in the Father, so you should be in me. He said, be in me as I am in the Father. Actually, that scripture that I've, that I've given you, John five nineteen, it says, Jesus gave them an answer, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing, say nothing, nothing by himself, He can do only what he sees his father is doing. We can do nothing, nothing by ourselves if we don't follow Jesus, if we're not in him daily, if we don't start our day with him. So how how am I going to go through this day if I don't start the day with my father, spend time with him, and ask him to be with me and show me and reveal things to me, because if you don't do that, what's going to happen? You're going to do everything out of your own strength. And how's that going to work out for you? If you do things in your own strength. There's many stories we can tell there. Even in John 10, 14 verses 10, he says the following. says, don't you believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me in me all of the authority all of the power in our lives it, it never ever comes from us it comes from Jesus as we spend time with him power are given to those who follow, who obey the father is at work in the son and the son is at work in us And this is why Jesus was up on the hillside praying. That there might be such a passion of relationship with the Father that there would be no hindrance to the flow of the Spirit of God through him as he went out into these other cities. What a difference does it make into our lives if we understand these principles. That there might be such a passion and a relationship. I remember when I just got saved and I was just invited to go onto these mission trips and I thought, no ways. I'm a brand new Christian. What do I know? What am I gonna go and do there? What have I got to give? And as I was on the plane And I was just landing. I said, I don't know what I'm doing here, Father. Jesus, what am I doing here? What have I? There's nothing. And then I started praying. Less of me, Lord, and more of you. When we go, let there be nothing of me, Father. I'm just relying on you. And that is what God wants for each and every single one of us. Less of me and more of you. And as I shared my testimony, people got saved. Just shared a testimony of how I got saved. As I prayed simple, simple prayers as I prayed these simple prayers, I saw these big miracles happening right in front of my eyes. People, like, the, their mouths are changing right in front of me. It's like, how? How, Lord, how do you... How do you make a person see that was blind from birth to the age of 60? And for the first time in life, she can see and she can hear, and now she must learn how to talk. How do you heal someone's foot that that so misformed right in front of my eyes with a simple prayer, Jesus, in your name, come and heal this person's foot in the power of your name but then also Jesus says that's not the reason why I'm doing this what's of more value is a changed heart a changed mind if somebody in the worship team can just maybe come up for me as we, we finish off And this morning, maybe you're here, as I said in the beginning, and you've never experienced the authority and the power of Jesus. And you've listened to the word, and it's strange to you, but it's gripped your heart. You say, but I don't want to do things out of my own power anymore. If you're here this morning, and that is you, maybe let's all just close our eyes. I don't want to let the opportunity to go by for you to say today is the day that I actually I want to start to live in the power and authority of Jesus. So if you've never made a commitment to Jesus say Jesus I want to follow you. I want to walk in your power. I'm tired. I'm drained. I don't know what's, where to, to go anymore. I don't know what to do. Imagine Giving your life to Jesus, and he says, You don't have to do anything anymore. I will do it for you as long as you are in me. If that is you this morning and you want to make that commitment, you want, for the first time you'll say, Jesus, I want you to be Lord and Savior of my life. I don't want you to walk out here without the opportunity to do that. If that is you, will you just quickly raise your hand? So, anybody here this morning who says, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to walk in your power, your authority, just quickly raise your hand and you can let it down again. Is there anybody? Okay. If you don't want to raise your hand, you're more than welcome to come afterwards, to come to me. I'd love to pray with you and for you. And then maybe for the rest of us, why don't we stand? And I'm asking everybody to stand because I'm standing, not just because I was preaching, but because I want to I want to pray for myself as well. If you're here this morning and you say, "Listen, Jesus, from today on, not just some days, some today, from today on, I want to walk in your power your authority every single day and I'm going to make a commitment this morning right here as I'm standing out I'm making a commitment Jesus that I'm going to walk in your power your authority I will be in you I will seek you every day if that is you why don't you just raise your hands Lord I pray for everybody here this morning whose hands are raised and those whose hands are not raised. Maybe their hearts are raised. For well, I pray for each and every single one of us this morning, Lord. That, we will listen, that we've listened to this message. We've seen how Jesus' authority and his power came through. That people were amazed. And this morning we were amazed at you, Jesus. For what you've done. That you went to the cross. That you paid the ultimate price. So that we can have eternal life in you and that is what matters to you eternal life and this morning Father we want to commit our lives to you saying Jesus we want to walk in your authority in your power we've heard this morning and as we go into the rest of this year Lord thank you that I don't have to do it in my own power, in my own strength but if I seek you every day if I follow you you will do it for me because your word says so and that I can walk in your power, your authority, whatever the day looks like and that I will plan my days, my weeks, my month and that I will make sure that I make enough time for you to follow you, to live in you, to spend time with you, to get my source, to get my power, my source, my strength from you, Lord. So that you can be glorified. In your precious name we pray that. Amen. Amen.